Episode 7, this is Green Knuckers. Is this not what you've been waiting for? Have you not been entertained? I'm Ryan from Mackinwood. This is Taylor Hubble from Hubble Woodshop. I'm Donovan from The Beardless Man. This is Scott with Edwards Workshop. And I am. And I am. And I am. And I'm Green. Green Knocker. Green Knocker. Green Knocker Nation. Green Knocker Nation. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Bill from William Patrick Customs. This is episode seven. We have a great guest today. We have Reb Mark in the house. Unfortunately, this is Pete's last episode with Grey Knockers. So we're going to dedicate this entire episode to a great interview because it lasts so long and there's such great content. We just didn't want to bore you with a long episode. So here it is. Here's Reb Mark. This is Grey Knockers. Hey guys, it's Greg Shea, Operations Manager of Pen Company America, more known as Revmark, and I am Grain Knockers Nation. Well, everybody, as promised, we have Greg Shea, Operations Manager of Pen Company of America, better known to all of you guys, uh, the Revmark division. Greg, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate you taking the time. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. How you doing, Greg? Good. Yeah, good. Greg, we see the Revmark pen all over Instagram. Uh, you guys really promote the heck out of it. You're, you're being generous with people for giveaways. We see it all over the place. You were nice enough to send a couple samples to me and Bill to try out. So I'm going to ask the question that I'm sure you get from a million people, even if they aren't even very familiar with your company. Tell everybody the difference. Why you and not a Sharpie? I, I do get asked that all the time. It's, th- there's a few main differences that we like to highlight. The main one and what, what's actually patented about our product, that belt hook. So it actually will clip um, onto your belt or slide into your pocket. It allows you to have the marker right next to you. You're not going to lose it. You're not pulling the cap off with your teeth. You're not searching for it or having your buddy steal it on the job site. And that's actually where the name Revmark came from because it was reverse, the reverse marker because the clip is reversed. So that's kind of the main the main thing people notice about it but what you'll notice once you start to use it is is the quality difference um, the tip is very durable it's going to hold up better especially in an industrial setting there's a 72 uh, hour cap off feature so you, you forget your cap you come back the next day and the marker is still going to write um, we actually had a guy on instagram uh, leave it off for a, over 100 hours and it was still writing for him uh, when he came back to check it so we've uh so it's it's just the quality of the marker. It's also made in the USA. Uh, we do a lot of quality controls. If you read enough reviews on stuff, you'll hear about people saying they got a marker. It didn't work when they started to write right out of the box and all those things. And that's a complaint we've never heard about our marker because of all the quality controls that we do on it. What you just described sounds way better than a Sharpie in my opinion. Why would a woodworker prefer to use a Revmark marker over a pencil? That's what I get asked the most. It depends upon the guys. I mean, some people are going to just always use a pencil, and that's what they love, and that's what they're used to. Um, we do keep a, re- a nice, fine tip on it. Again, that's part of the holding up so that it, it's not going to bleed. Like some guys I know don't like using markers because of the bleed into the wood, and suddenly it's like spread all the way out. Right. Um, we also are in the process and the final stages of our ultra-fine version, so it gives an even nice, tighter line. Um, I've given samples out to, to a bunch of the woodworking guys, 
And they really like that because it's even more precise, but it gives you a nice dark line so you can see clearly when you're making the cuts exactly where it is. Um, it's not just going to rub away. So I think when the ultra fine comes out, which, which again should be on our web store in a few weeks, um, I think that'll, e that'll be even better for the woodworking guys because they can make those really nice tight lines. Well, that's, uh, that's exactly what I was going to get into regarding the samples that you sent, uh, myself and Bill, you did send us your traditional one and you did send us the ultra fine tip. And so from my end as a furniture maker, the traditional one, the line was a little bit too thick for my liking trying to get precision cuts, but the ultra fine was, it was money. Yeah, it, it, it was, is money. It, it was, you know, literally like a pencil, you know, thin line in my hand with the, you know, with the better visibility. Uh, I also do some things to my dining table tops underneath them when I put some measuring blocks on there to help me center it. And I do that at the very end. So I've already got a clear coat on my tables and the ultra fine tip left a clean mark on the poly. Like there was no kind of looking at it up close like I would with a pencil. Sometimes with the pencil, I'd have to actually like score into the, the poly just to make the line more uh, definitive. Uh, but the ultra fine just left a nice smooth line for me to run off of. So from my end as a furniture maker, like that would be my marker of choice, the ultra fine tip. Yeah, the ultra fine tip for me, Pete, I think you touched on a lot of good things, but for me, it was the minimal bleed. Like there was not a lot of bleed on the wood with that ultra fine tip. So when this product comes out, I think people, furniture makers, woodworkers, custom, custom woodworking, they'll benefit from this ultra fine tip because it's visibly more present than a pencil would be, minimal bleed through. And one thing that I noticed too, I do a lot of signs and I do trace out some things with my with, with a marker or a pencil. And I use the ultra tip uh, to trace some stuff out. With other markers, it kind of ran out of ink. You know how you use a marker sometimes and it like runs out, like the tip dries out and you just gotta wait for it to like reload. This just kept black yeah. the whole time. Sorry, Greg, yeah. we're just talking too much. That's what we do. Oh, hey, you, you're welcome to talk about how much you love my product. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, well, you know, so reg so regarding the ultra fine tip, here, here's what I'm curious to know. So when when the idea of the Revmark marker came about, uh, was it geared more toward, you know, the contractor where, you know, if you're doing frames and whatnot, the, you know, precision you know, maybe isn't as important and did possibly Instagram and the woodworking community influence you guys into developing the ultra fine. That's actually exactly um, how it was. The cap design was actually developed by a contractor who came to us with the concept. And so we worked together with him on the project. He did a lot of framing um, and, and, you know, more of the general contracting work. Um, so that was his, his concept. And we had the standard tip that you, you know, kind of associate with that work, that kind of bullet-shaped tip. And as we got into Instagram, we did get just a lot of feedback. And we had people asking for an ultra-fine. We'd already started developing it, and we had it for some of our applications. So it was kind of an easy, easy being relative, but an e easy jump to develop it for the, uh, the ultra-fine as well. But, yeah, definitely Instagram has, has influenced a lot the kind of direction for things because you get such great feedback from the guys out there using it now revmark is 
a brand within a company. Why don't you bring us back to the start of this company? Let people know uh, what your company is all about, where you're from, how long you've been around. When they buy a Revmark marker, who are they buying from? Sure, yeah. It's the Shea family. Um, that's my family. And we still still operated by the Shays. My brother, sister, myself, and my dad still work uh, in the factory and, and in the offices. It was started in 1927 by my great-grandfather in Manhattan, uh, making fountain pen tips. Uh, that's how we got our start. Then my grandfather started uh, Rotary Pen in the 1950s, uh, 1954, which really focused on the plastic pens, uh, what you consider the promotional pens, the hotel pens, and, and those sort of things. And from that point on, we really were a plastics company, injection molding. We did pens for the promotional industry. We did the skill craft pens for the government. So if any of your listeners are in the government or military, they'll probably know the standard black skill craft. We made all of those. We used to make $40 million a year for the government, so it was a huge project for us. We do a lot of surgical markers also, which is actually the base of the Revmark actually started as a surgical marker. So in terms of quality, it really has gone uh, uh, gone through all the product testing that y- you can imagine because the surgical field is incredibly uh, rigorous with testing. And um, so, yeah, but we're now called Pen Company of America, but we still make everything in uh, Garwood, New Jersey. We have about 50 employees of a 35,000-square-foot facility with injection molding machines, assembly machines, printing, packaging. Um, everything is done right uh, right in New Jersey. That's awesome. Greg, so you say that Instagram has you know, influenced the direction or ideas. What, what are you guys looking at? What industries are you possibly looking at that you haven't jumped into already? Well, the biggest thing that we have developing right now that is we actually are hoping, as you guys know, <laughs> the best laid plans, but hoping to release it um, in the next, I'd say, four to six weeks is a white ink marker um, oh. that we're incredibly excited about. And, and we've given a few samples out. And if people follow uh, certain people on Instagram, we've given some of the guys out to test and that is, I think, just going to be even more than our standard Revmark, just going to be a, a huge product for HVAC guys, metal workers, plumbers, anyone who's writing on darker surfaces. The, the great part about it is it's not a paint marker. It, it is a, it is just like our sharp, uh, just like our, our standard marker, plastic body, no shaking. You don't have to push it to start it, but it lays down this beautiful white line. Um, that you can see on on any of the darker metals. So that that's a big project that we have coming that I think is going to open us up to to a whole nother group of people who who need something like that. And then you know we're we're looking at kind of other applications where you, where you see markers. I'd love to get into the warehouse and, and shipping industries like with UPS and FedEx and see guys like that use it. And then we're also working on a uh, dry erase version of it too. So for okay. T- nurses and the like. Um, so we're really, you know, anyone who uses a marker. I was just going to ask about a dry erase marker, something that you can take from your board straight up to your other board, uh, your dry erase board. Uh, that's more of a universal, you know, marker. I think that's cool. Yeah, we've done, we actually, I have some prototypes of them. We've been testing them out. We just have, there's so much on our plate that I kind of want to nail down a few of the other projects before I go head first into the, uh, into the dry erase. And it's also a whole other market, so I'm going to have to work on, you know, obviously you got to start to work on a whole new distribution for, for that industry. So 
when you guys come up with an idea, how long until, you know, from the moment you start on it till you either, you know, have a prototype that you're testing that you're either confident in or just outright go to market with? A, a lot of it depends upon the product and it, it's, it varies a lot. Um, the Ultrafine wasn't too bad because we had a lot of that work done for our other industries and I just kind of had to tweak it a little bit and make some changes, but, but that was relatively so, you know, four months or so for that, four or five mm-hmm. months. Um, the white ink has been, I think, a year or so because there's just been it, – it, white ink is very difficult. That's why you see paint markers so much because getting it to work in, in this sort of marker, um, a plastic marker, is really tricky. So it was a lot of prototyping samples because you have the, the three components. You have the, the ink, you have the, the reservoir, which you ever cut open a marker, you have a kind of fibrous filter reservoir in there that holds the ink, and then you have the tip. And all three of those need to be like perfectly matched up together to work so that the ink flows, it pulls into the tip, it doesn't dry up, it doesn't bleed out. Um, and white ink's really difficult, re- totally different than any other ink. So that was a very long process. And we're, we were really excited when we got the prototypes that worked and we sent them out and guys loved them and they held up. And, you know, I've had guys who've been using it for a month now and are still using the same marker. Um, so we, that was a very exciting day. Um, so it, it can take a year. And if, if you're talking about like a brand new from scratch where I had to make new molds to build the pieces, I, you can be talking two to three years. It, it was about two years for Revmark from concept to production for the first one. It was about two years. You described to us the difference how um, the difference at white uh, ink, how that works uh, as compared to your traditional black ink. Does that pattern hold true for other color inks? Say, you know, red, green, or blue, do those act differently than your traditional black? Uh, and is that why you kind of limit the amount of colors that you try to put on the market? They're all a little different. Um, you, you do have some variation. I know, like, my assembly manager hates when I put in a production order for red because it's just something about it is just a little trickier and, and a little, you know, more difficult for him to run. But they're all kind of within a spectrum of, of it where you just have to tweak a little bit. White, and anyone who, who's into printing and inks and stuff can tell you this, White is totally different. It, the whole chemical makeup is different. What they have to add to it to make it white is, is really changes the properties. So it, it's not you can't really compare white to the rest. The other ones, are, as I said, are all you know similar, a little bit of differences, uh, but but white is is completely different. In, in terms of why we just have the red, blue, and black right now, it, it's it's really an inventory sales focus even now i'll tell you it's 80 percent black and then it's probably like 15 percent red and five percent blue so it's there's no reason we couldn't do other colors you couldn't do green or purple like i can get those in colors but it's more of just a focus and 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 honestly just inventory valuation of how much i'm going to bring in and versus how much i'm going to sell so being a 90 year old company and a family-owned business right here in america which I love. How many new products or how many different products, let's say in the last 30 years, has your company came out with? 30 years. Uh, I got to think now. <laughs> I mean, is it a lot or let's just say 10 years? How often do you guys uh, formulate 
new concept. I mean, do you guys look to come out with something new every two years, every five, ten? One of the things that has changed a lot, I guess kind of a, a roundabout way of answering it is we work a lot more with other companies or or inventors on projects. 20 years ago, when, when my grandfather ran the company, he would just develop a pen, put it out into the marketplace and see how it sold. And nowadays, with, with competition from overseas, the cost of producing a new pen, um, I, I mean, I'll tell you, a new pen from scratch in the U.S., you know, can cost you anywhere from three to five hundred thousand dollars to develop. Really, the molds themselves can be that the the tools that make the plastic pieces. You know, they can be anywhere from thirty to to a hundred thousand dollars just for one. And if you have a new pen, you might need five of those. So, it's very very capital intensive, and you just really can't do it anymore without guaranteed sales where you have a contract and the like. Um, what we tend to do is more variations where we'll come out with a new cap for an existing pen or we'll change the tip of the pen or we'll do things like that where I can make a new pen style without reinventing the wheel and, and coming out with something new. Um, or as I said, we've partnered with companies or, or other um, other investors to to develop something where we know the market is there already. Revmark was obviously a little bit different because we really believed in the product. Um, so it was worth the investment for us because even though I didn't have guaranteed sales, we just felt so strongly about both the concept and the product itself that we were willing to kind of make that investment in the product. One of the signature things that uh, Revmark touts is the ability for you to leave the cap off and the ink doesn't dry up. And I'm curious to know, is that a, does that speak more to like the, uh, like the ink chemicals that you guys have developed, uh, the tip itself, or a combination? It's mostly in the ink. Uh, it is a little bit of a combination. For example, the Ultrafine and the Standard use the same inks. Those are the same same inks. The Ultrafine, you can leave the cap off for two, three days. It'll still write. But because of the nature of the tip uh, being a lot thinner, it won't hold up as long as the standard will. So it's, it's kind of a combination of, uh, of the two. You know, one of the things that you were talking about with the product, we really work on having the best of, of every component with it. And that's why when, when, you know, people say it is more expensive than, than a Sharpie, but if you want the best tip on there, so it's going to hold up, if you want the best ink, so it's going to make, leave a nice mark, but still last and not dry out, you know, you make all those little steps to make the best product. So, you know, the cost goes up a bit, but in the end, the product is so much better and holds up so much better that it, 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 we think it's worth it and it's worth that investment. As a family, will Revmark or the parent company ever make their products outside of the country? We have resisted that for 90 years, so it's uh, something that we, uh, we we would like to continue to. Uh, you know, we do business overseas. Uh, I'll tell you for Revmark, and I'm you know, always very candid, um, the internal piece that the fiber is from Italy um, because it's a great company and they make the best that, that we could find um, the ink we get from a from we work with a German company on it so we're not afraid to work with internationals uh, international companies but but the plastic components the assembly the packaging you know we, we really it's what sets us apart it's what we've done for so long and it's what our family's kind of known for that um, I, I don't see us really ever, ever going that, bringing that part overseas and, and moving a factory over there. 
Yeah, I could just see a family-owned business. You know, the next generation comes in. Um, you know, my parents, grandparents-owned businesses. Next generation comes in and goes, yeah, we can make more money if we do it this way. So it's pretty cool that you guys are sticking to your roots and keeping it, you know, as high quality as possible and in the United States. I think that's very admirable. Thank you. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's not easy. <laughs> it's It's been a... It's been a challenge and up and down at times. We actually used to make a lot of parts for Bic, for example, back way back when. Um, you know, almost all their stuff's done in Mexico now, and you know, so so we've seen so many companies go overseas, and we really have, have fought hard against having to do that, and so far been successful in, in staying. Greg, in the beginning of the interview, uh, you mentioned to us how you made a symbolic pen for the government. You did forty million pens a year for them. Yeah. Obviously. The landscape has changed. The economy has gone through some ups and downs. What would you say now is, you know, your your big mover, either your product that's a big mover or the industry that it's geared toward? We do a pen right now um, for a specific um, customer that it, it's a it's a bank, and we do millions and millions of pens for them a year and that, that's kind of our biggest mover right now in terms of one item um and that's kind of a nice kind of the backbone where you have that one item that, yeah. that is consistent every week you're shipping and everything um it, it's changed so much it, it now it's so much more diversified than it used to be it used to be really promotional was 90 percent of our business and government but as government kind of went down now we do promotional, you know, we still do government, we still we do surgical, we're getting more into retail, both with Revmark and then some other product lines that we, um, that we're developing and working on. So it, it's really, it's really diversified a lot. And we've had to, so that you can kind of weather different storms and, and, and bumps and, and have different revenue streams coming in. Um, and we actually just, and if anyone's following us on Instagram, they would know that we just purchased a pencil printing company. Um, like this week and I spent all of the past few days moving and setting up equipment and everything. So we're trying to really diversify and, and have a whole, a, a whole group of different revenue streams so that no matter what happens, you know, we always have other industries that we're selling to. Is your grandfather still with us? No, he, um, he passed away around six years ago now. I think it was. Yeah. Six years ago. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. If he was in the office with you right now, what would he tell you about the Revmark new um, markers that you offer? Um, you know, the funny thing is we used to, believe it or not, only sell parts of pens. Um, we didn't assemble at all. We, all we did was we made a barrel and a cap and a plug and a this and a that. And we would just sell it to companies. And it's just changed so much, and we do all the assembly. So I, I, we do all the assembly, all the printing, and I think he would just be, honestly, kind of, kind of shocked at how different the company is. You know, not in terms of our ethos, and not in terms of of the work we do and everything, but what we sell, how we sell, the diversity of what we do. So I, I think he would be, you know, hopefully proud, but 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 very shocked at at how much the industry has changed. Um, you know, really in the, in the past five to 10 years. Because it's a family owned business, Greg, and it's been family owned for so long is, is everyone pretty much like lockstep with the idea that 
listen, regardless of what happens, it, it stays a family owned company, you know, in, in a day where, you know, companies are trying to buy out the competition instead of being better than the competition. Um, you know, is, is that the idea behind, you know, your company that, you know, regardless that we stay family owned? Well, we should, I, I should say we actually are partnered with another family owned business. Um, so it, it, we have worked with this company a lot. And then in 2011, that's kind of when Penn Company America came together. In terms of the operation of the company and in terms of their, they were a family owned business too. And they were in a, a different industry, but a supportive industry. In terms of that concept, there really is no move to, you know, kind of get bought by one of these venture capital guys or, or, or uh, you know, make the quick sale and get out or those sort of things. It, it's really, you know, it's so much a part of us and, and our lives. I mean, I worked in the warehouse when I was 13 years old pulling orders. So it, it's been such a part of my life and my family's life and um, that, that I, I really have trouble seeing it, you know, not being that way. Um, it's, uh, it, you know, the funny thing is all three of, of us, my me, my brother, and my sister all left and did different things. We didn't just come into the family company and we ended up coming back to it. So I think that kind of makes it a little almost more special for us because it wasn't thrust upon us. It wasn't expected we were going to do it. We all kind of came back um, after pursuing other things. So it, it's got a real special place for, for us. More credit to you Good. guys. That's awesome because, That's you know, great. my dad owns a business and I worked for him, you know, how you explained at a young age, he owns an excavating company. So I would go out and dig ditches, you know, because I was a son and I couldn't do it and neither could my brothers. It was just, it's hard. It's family run business is not easy. And like you said, all these capitalists are coming in, buying up companies just to eliminate competition. These guys are working twice as hard to to survive, and they're making awesome, innovative products. I cannot wait until that fine tip uh, marker comes to market. I think woodworkers, construction guys, they're gonna love that. Well, thank you. Yeah, it, it's you know one of the great things about social media, Instagram, Facebook, all these things is it allows you to tell your story so much more and to connect with people. And you, know, you talked about the competition and all these things. It, it's something that's been excited for me because it feels like a way that I can set myself apart from the, the big guys. And, um, you know, I have nothing against the Sharpies of the world. I mean, they do what they do and everything, but, but it's a way for people to feel like they're, they know the company they're buying from. And I, I mean, I'm the guy doing all the Instagram stuff and I'm the guy, if you write Instagram and I reply, that's me, uh, at night, much to, you know, the pain of my wife, but I'm there, you know, checking it and doing everything. So that stuff all means so much to us. And it's been so, just really neat to be able to connect with end users and customers uh, about our product. Deep down, do you ever get sick of the Sharpie question? Just between me, you, and Bill. No one else is listening. Yeah, no, no one's one really else. listening uh, right now. Yeah, yeah, no one listens to us. Uh, <laughs> but see, like, you know, I mean, because, you know, because you're human, you know, like, doesn't it, does it, you know, ever get to the point where you're just like, all right, listen, like, enough of the Sharpie. Like, you know, we're better than Sharpie, whatever your opinion is, like, but we're not Sharpie. You ever just get sick of it? Um, you know, when I get sick of it is actually at trade shows where uh, we're showing Redmark, where we're selling to stores, mostly because it is literally, I'm answering that question every two minutes when another person, another store buyer comes up and it's like, I just want to put an audio recording of my answer. So I don't have to keep saying it over and over again. 
Uh, I actually get more irritated when people call my marker a Sharpie. Uh, that actually bugs me a little bit more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I read the, you know, because that question is actually on your website. Yes. And, yeah. you know, that, 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 you know, that's why, you know, I was thinking it and I've had people like say it to me online. And then I said, well, you know what? I'm going to ask him when he joins us. But then I saw it on your website. I'm like, wow, like he must get this question a lot. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, almost, almost every day, some person at some point in time. And it's you know, again, to, 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 to their credit, it's because they're kind of the, you know, they're the big dog. They're, they're the known, the known brand. Um, but I, I don't, Talking to people who are in the industry, especially construction guys, but woodworkers and stuff, you know, their marker, it really is an arts and crafts marker that's just everywhere. So people use it for every product. It isn't, the general Sharpie really isn't a construction marker. It's not really a woodworking marker. It's just in every single store. So you buy it because it's there. So true. If I had to change one thing on it, it would be the cap. If the cap could be thinner. I would, it, it may never, like, it, I, I may never stop using it. They never have so. Well, you know how, like, you, you it's designed so that it clips in and it's kind of, like, upside down for you? Yep. I, it, it seems to, for me, it seems bulky at the top. If it was, if it was more like just, like, a thin cap, almost as if there wasn't any cap on it at all, that I could just go just, I, I very rarely on any type of, pen mark or whatever like use a cap to like you know strap it to the pocket anything like that it's just always in the pocket right. so and that's just a habit of me just everything just in the pocket so anything that can give me less bulk um you know i that that's just something i would look at gotcha yeah hey it's good to know when we as we develop new products it's always nice to know what people are looking for yeah that would be the number one thing because everything else about it, especially that ultra thin is it's money I think that ultra thin um, is going to take off. I think yeah, it's a, it's, I think it's, it's, a great it's such a search to find a good quality tip like that that doesn't bleed but also provides like the ample amount of material coming out of it and honestly since you sent those those samples I've been using it nonstop. Hey, good to hear. And thanks a lot, you know, for the samples. I'm I'm telling you like um I, until you know like I was I, I got to be honest, like if you had just sent the regular one, I I may not have given it a second look. But having the ultra fine, just because, again, like, you know, I need more precision in my line of work. Mm-hmm. I mean, just uh, game changer. But what it has made me do is it's actually made me use the other one in areas that I don't need, you know, the the, the perfect fine line. Right. You know, whereas, you know, sometimes if you, if you, if you get a product and you just like eh on it and you'll just kind of toss it aside and never look at it again, the ultra fine has actually made me find uses for the other one. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's one of the big things with developing the other, the other lines within Revmark is just because everyone is looking for something different and being able to get your brand known, you know, not just for one product, but, but these multitude of products, it just is going to grow that brand awareness. Like you said, maybe they, they love the standard, so they're going to give the ultrafine a try, or vice versa, or the white marker. So we really want to have a broad grouping of products so that you can kind of appeal to, to just all different people. And like you said, hopefully, you know, they like one and they'll, they'll give the other one a shot. So traditionally, every day, I wear a hat, okay? 
And mm-hmm. I've always been that guy that throws that thick, bulky pencil behind my ear or in my hat. I think if you, in the future maybe, can consider a cap that does have a little bit more thinness to it as far as the clip goes, not so much the cap but the clip, that can just go right into the side of your hat by your ear, that would be awesome. Because I do that now with your clips. I put it in my hat, like just in the side, like right in front of your ear, you know? If it was just a a tad thinner, maybe my head's just too big because I'm an Irish guy, but... (laughs) That's actually a really good idea, man. Like, I never even thought about that because a lot of people just kind of stick it in the corner of their hat right in front of the ear. Exactly. If Yeah, if if, if the cap was, uh, you know, thin enough to kind of just go right underneath the hat, that would... And, you know, most, most of the time, people's hats are pretty snug. So I don't even think you need like that nipple at the end, you know what I mean, that you would that you use yeah. on your belt. Even if it's just yeah, a flat cool. piece that you could just shove there and then bam, pull the pen out, put it back in. You might have a couple, you know, black marks on your cheek, but I don't know. <laughs> hey, I think hey, at Greg, a 15% so- royalty we could make something happen. Actually, I was just going to suggest right right now <laughs> I'm registering it with the patent department. We'll sell it to you. We'll, yeah. we'll sell it to you real cheap. Real what is cheap. this? Shark Tank? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and for that reason, I'm <laughs> how how much has uh, Instagram and social media um, affected you guys or changed you for the better? It's given us a huge outlet for it. Um, where you know we are, we're a bigger company than people think because a lot of people think we're just Revmark, um, when that is just a very very small part of, of the overall company. But we're still small compared to you know, Newell Rubbermaid, who owns Sharpie, is a behemoth um, all over the world. So comparatively, we're very small. So social media uh, has really allowed us to get our name out there without some absurd marketing budget that you would have needed 15 years ago. Um, you know, I can't afford commercial time, that, that the, the sort that you would need to really get a brand out there. So it, it's just been phenomenal for us to be able to interact and talk and get people trying us and uh, w- without having to, to break the bank on marketing. Is one thing that I've noticed through Instagram is that our community, woodworkers alike, they're very loyal people and they appreciate interaction. They appreciate when companies, you know, um, you know, have a presence and comment and go back and forth. Like, they kind of feel like a part of you. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not just this customer left out in the dark. There are some larger companies that, you know, don't give people the time of day. And I always found that the ones that are more successful are the ones that are more up to, you know, reply and interact. Do you notice that yourself? Without a doubt. Um, it, it's, and, and I was mentioned a little bit before, it's, it's almost one of the few competitive advantages I, I can have versus a big company where it's hard for them for a lot of reasons to come across as authentic um, just by the nature of being a big company. And it's not, you're not going to have the, the president of the company doing Instagram in, in a huge company. It's just not going to happen like that. So it, it allows me to kind of get, like you said, our, our authentic voice. And I tell you, it happened just last week. There was an exchange on Instagram and a guy was asking, he had a problem with another marker brand and he asked about Revmark and I, I, another guy chimed in 
And then an hour later, he posted a picture of him at uh, we're, we're in Tractor Supply, which is our major retailer. He posted a picture of him at Tractor Supply buying it because he said, I just so appreciated you taking the time and answering my question about your product. And it was awesome. I mean, you know, it's, it's only two markers, but the, the concept behind it and, and what it means is so huge for us. Yeah, I think that, you know, you know, here we are in 2017 and I like to think that for the most part, regardless of what industry you're in or what product you sell, for the most part, people make a decent product now in 2017. So, you know, what I think will really set anyone apart is, you know, good old fashioned customer service. Uh, if there's a company that won't give me the time of day and there is another that gets back to me all the time or interacts with me, um, I don't care if I view the other ones, you know, slightly better or not. I'll gravitate toward the one that seems like they care. I, I, I agree. I mean, I think that's one of the greatest things about social media and kind of the interconnectedness is that you you can build this connection with people beyond just your product. And it's it's a two-way street. I mean, I can't tell you how grateful I am to to so many people like you guys for, for giving us time and talking about us and trying us. Um, I tell people all the time, and I, I really mean it, 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 I mean, it means a lot to us and our family. I mean, it really does. I mean, we, we wouldn't be growing this without people supporting us. And, and so it, it really is a two-way street with that. And, and it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed Instagram and uh, especially Instagram. I found Instagram to be the best out of all of them. And it's what I do mostly. It, it's just a great group of people and, and a lot of fun interacting with everyone. Safe to say this is your first podcast. Yes. Yeah, I've done a couple of other interviews. This is the first podcast I did. Yeah, hey, uh, Greg. So when we uh, end all interviews, Bill and I do a little uh, segment where it's a uh, rapid fire, a couple questions where you can only answer yes or no. Uh-huh. All right. And, um, you know, it could be related to Revmark. It could be related to absolutely nothing worth anybody's time whatsoever. Right. Uh, but everybody, everybody plays along. And it's a good time. So uh, if you're uh, if you're ready, we're going to fire away at you. I'm going to get right, I'm- I'm going to get crushed on this one. I already feel okay, I well, shouldn't even ask mine. Okay, Greg. So my first question is this. Uh, is it an end goal of Rev, Revmark to get into bigger box stores, hardware stores, etc., to be more accessible to the general public? Yes. Okay, Greg. Given that it's a family business, have you ever got upset with another family member and went back to your mom and told on them? <laughs> Always, no. he didn't say no yet. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes or no, Greg? Earlier today, you uh, brought up um, how you guys recently purchased a pencil company or pencil distributor. Um, yes or no? Uh, you guys have an idea that could possibly uh, reinvent the material. Uh, for a pencil to make it more durable, better visible, whatnot. No. Okay, here it is. This is my uh, this is my this is my failing point of the segment. Greg, Chicago pizza is better than New York pizza. No. Damn it. Oh, 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 oh that that hurts him so much. It's <laughs> great. Damn. It's great. 
I, I love laughing at his misery. Uh, yes or no, Boston baseball fans are better than New York baseball fans. Ah, uh, no. Oh, did you just God, say? See, did just, you just say New York, moron? Well, yeah. Well, he's from Jersey. Yeah, but the, that's not Mets the question. Fan? Your normal yeah, question but, is: Are I, Boston yeah, fans that, I, better I than? I know that it's what. I know there's Boston, Chicago, but now we have kind of, I got a Northeast guy with me. I was curious to know. See, he just said he's a Mets fan. So oh. like he redeems, he redeems himself a little bit there. <laughs> What's you know going what I'm saying? So I just, I feel like hey, this is my question. All right. What happened this to the my Mets? Question. What happened to the Mets? Oh, uh, it's just been a brutal season. <laughs> Everybody got injured every five days. Yeah. You got Cespedes, right? I mean, he's good. Yeah, when, yeah, when but, he's able to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What 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 good assessment is when Wright goes down, Syndergaard goes down. Um, who's the other goofy pitcher they got? Who's uh, the other guy other than Syndergaard? Mats was out. Lugo was out in the beginning of the season. I mean, it was just a uh, name a player. He's been out at some point. Har- Har- Harvey fell apart. Oh yeah, Harvey. I mean, it's just been a mess. Okay. Um, to end the show, I would like you to do this for me, Greg. I don't want to say you're a smaller company, but you might be a smaller company. And when you go to these big accounts and you want to write purchase orders and you're selling them on it, pitch all of our listeners right now on how you would sell your product to them and why that they should choose the Rev marker over a pencil or another another marker. Well, I always pitch a few different aspects of it. For one, having a quality marker out there that you can rely on, that your customers can rely on. Um, if you read the stuff, there's so many people who get frustrated with the markers they're using now, and they'll talk about them and, and how they, you know, you ask them about it and they complain about it. So just to have a better product that you sell to your customers. Um, and Made in the USA is coming back for, for the U.S. Uh, for the U.S. market. And you have people that ask specifically for it, that look for it. So having that option for your customers you know, it's a good thing people take notice of it. Thank you so much to Greg over at Redmark for joining us today. A lot of interesting stuff. Go follow him at Revmark Markers on Instagram. Also, if you go to their website for a limited time, use the coupon code GRAIN10 and you'll save 10% off anything you order for a limited time over at revmark.com. Make sure you take full advantage of that. Follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our SoundCloud. Also, if you like what you hear, give a review on iTunes. That'll help us out a lot. It's definitely confusing when a host leaves a show. However, we have stuff lined up that you guys will not want to miss. So until episode eight, this is Bill. I'll see you next time right here at Grey Knockers.